I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Yo. 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 I was drinking orange juice when you started recording, but we are back. Welcome to... I mean, to... it sounded like you enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> Welcome to Source to Screen, the podcast where we read comic books so that you don't have to. We talk about source material and how it is adapted to the big screen or sometimes a smaller screen if it's a... Or sometimes your iPhone. That is a smaller screen, is it not? Yes. That's what but you weren't talking about an iPhone. I'm just... Whatever. Anyways... <laughs> This intro's rough. <laughs> All right, we are back, and what are we talking about today? Uh, a movie that I feel like is super underrated, The Incredible Hulk the from Incredible 2008, Hulk. not to be confused with Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003? Around there, give or take. I think it's 2003 or 2004, so this which is... is another film that I don't have a problem with. I do, uh, but we'll <laughs> talk about that. Uh, so this is an MCU canon film. It's been kind of like softly rewritten in, but since we can't do speculation on the movie, I thought we would talk about some uh, cool facts about it. Mm-hmm. Also, don't know if you noticed, cool fact, Mark Ruffalo is not in this film. No, this is Ed Norton. <laughs> that I'm glad you caught that. If only eagle-eyed viewers were able to notice that this wasn't uh, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> totally different actor. This is the only movie that had a main hero recast. The only other character that comes to mind is Don Cheadle recasted Terrence Howard as War Machine. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of recasts in the first MCU. The films. Spider-Man count, or is that no? No, he was never cast in the MCU. Okay. I just wasn't sure. No, if... I'm just making sure, yeah. I get you. No. Okay. Answer is no. But um some other interesting things are that two actors well one, there's one actor I didn't even realize was in this, but uh Dr. Sampson, who's a very famous Hulk character, is in this movie. He has a very brief cameo and I don't even think they mention his name. Like um like I don't think they mentioned it. Yeah, I'd, I'd I've seen this by me. You and I've seen this movie in, in a bunch of times, like three times together, and I've seen it a bunch of other times. I've seen this movie like six or seven times, and I've never once gone like, "Oh, that's Doc Samson," <laughs> like ever. Uh, no, it, they really underplayed they, that one. Yeah. And I, uh, I guess I think they do that all the time in like Marvel and DC movies, where they kind of like throw throwaways. that Easter egg out there, and just in case they use it later, because they're like. Well, we introduced him here. Remember the character whose name that we never said? Well, this movie has dropped off a lot of those. So in this movie, uh, we have the leader and also uh, Abomination. Abomination specifically has almost been cast in two movies. The same actor who is... Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Uh, movies like Heart of Darkness, and you've probably Pulp seen... Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Little movie you've probably heard of. Maybe. Um, pretty famous actor. And he has been actually like approached. People have interviewed him, and he's like, "Yeah, like I was gonna be in. He was gonna be in Age of Ultron and Civil War." So they keep calling him, and then like they're like, "Hey, you might be in this movie." And then later they're like, "Not really." So I feel bad. And I he's hope like, he still oh. gets paid." Yeah, and I, I'm. He's always down. Like he's like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd love to replay the character. I think he does a good job." But we'll we'll talk more about that. What's also weird is this movie. I think started as a soft reboot. So if you don't know, the MCU uh, fights for some of the rights for its characters. They recently just acquired the X-Men and Fantastic Four franchises from Fox because they acquired Fox. They have a partnership with Sony for Spider-Man. And as a matter of fact, the people that own the Hulk are not Marvel. It's Mm -hmm. uh, Universal Pictures. They own Hulk, which is why we don't have an Incredible Hulk 2. Which is even more dumb because Universal Studios used to have a ride Mm-hmm. That was the Incredible Hulk ride. They can still not make there that anymore. ride. Yeah, they don't. They don't even use the ride anymore. Or the Spider-Man ride. No, that was awesome. I remember that one. That's as a not kid. there anymore either. I must have missed the Hulk ride. I don't remember seeing that one. Any, there was a Hulk ride. <laughs> That's the fun trivia. Um, what's also interesting is because this is Universal, it this is almost a soft reboot of Ang Lee's Hulk movie. So Ang Lee's hulk movie is a direct origin and this one would 
kind of take place after it. What started as a soft reboot ended up making its way into the MCU. So at the end of Ang Lee's Hulk movie, which we should do an episode on because it's it's a very unique movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of that, uh, he ends up in Guatemala, South America. So Hulk is traveling in South America, and in this next film, he's in. In this film, he's in Brazil. And I, I think I asked you that too. I'm like, are these connected? And because the endings are so close, so loosely. It's very loosely. Well, also when you think the, how the flow of the story goes, like the origin is the O three one mm-hmm. as he's becoming the Hulk, and then the next one, it's like he already is the Hulk. Exactly. So that's why another it seems thing like it's playing off of is that. we've never seen General Talbot who's in that movie because he mm. blows himself up with a rocket launcher, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, And right. there's no canon General Talbot. There's a General Talbot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is also technically not canon. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So there is that. And then um, what's really interesting and what we kind of found when we did some research about this is that the movie's mostly based off the Incredible Hulk show. It takes aspects with of Lou the comics with Lou Ferrigno and the other guy. I'll look it up in a the minute. The other guy. I'll look it up in a minute. But did you have any fun facts about this movie? No. You've said them all. So mine was that Mark Ruffalo is not in this film. That was your one. I said we were going to start the episode. Fun hey, facts. That's what you brought? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty fun fact. Blue uh, Ferrigno is in. Uh, His name is Lou, not Blue Ferrigno. I said Lou He Ferrigno. makes an appearance in the film. I, make, I think he makes him in both films. I think he's a security guard in both. Well, there you go. See? Another fun fact. Fun fact, I met him in person. He wasn't very nice to me. <laughs> you can't say that. I can say that someone wasn't very nice to me. What if he's listening? Now he's going to beat you up. He is mm, deaf. So he, What does that have to do with anything? Well, podcasts may not be his favorite source of media. Someone could like sign the podcast to him or something. Okay. I apologize, Lou Ferrigno, one of our longtime listeners from the bottom of my heart. Mr. Blueberry is sorry, but you didn't let him take a picture of you and you made me almost pay a hundred bucks, which back then was a lot of money. Anyways, um, let's get into the movie. Let's get into the movie. Getting off track. Um, So would you like to go first? Likes, dislikes? How about you go first? I like your take of this movie. It was good. I no longer like your take of this movie. <laughs> no, this is one of, I think this is like one of the most underrated Marvel movies out there and people give this movie a lot of shit, but it's actually pretty dang good. Uh, one thing I really love about the movie for starters, just the cinematography and getting into film terms, the mise-en-scene. The is that how it's pronounced? Mise-en-scene. I never took people, French. I, like film teachers have pronounced it like 20 different ways. So. see in scene it's mise-en-scene mise-en-scene whatever whatever's your your fancy um but yeah just the the cinematography of the movie is very it has a very comic book look to it like i don't feel like the other mcu films the newer ones really capture that because they're trying to keep a consistent look so it's very clean very like everything is well lit but it doesn't have a style whereas this movie has like harsh shadows and very no that very noir look like from the 80s and 90s comics so that's one of the biggest aspects i enjoy and another thing is if you if you rewatch the movie if you look for things like this there's always something green in the frame oh this is my favorite part of watching the movie with you. and i mean we sh- <laughs> i should have played clock. the game where you know, every time you see something green, take a shot. I would have been I, killed I by have... <laughs> alcohol poisoning twenty minutes in. But it'll it'll be subtle things like a a door will be colored green or a lamp um in the corner is green. Like there's always something that's starkly green. And um I think that's really important in a film just to kind of keep that um subconscious thematic tone. Yeah, yeah. tone throughout. I thought that was really cool. And then it juxtaposed with red a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to kind of symbolize his rage as well, I guess. Passion, passion, love. Passion, love. rage, or just blood, because he sure. was messing with his blood mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah. of the film. 
Um, there's one scene in particular that you like for the cinematography. Oh yeah, I mean we. Uh, yeah, since we're on it, I I think that the movie's camera movements. There's some shots that I've just like I'm astonished how they create. They have this one shot where the Hulk throws a canister of soda, like like just like a, like a beverage at this facility, and it pulls back. No, they th- he throws a guy. He throws a guy. Yeah, he throws a guy through, through a window. And they did it in Spider-Man 3, but it was all digital. But this was all practical, basically. And they 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 do a pan and a, a, a tilt at the same time. It, it kind of it tracks the it, movement yeah, it tracks of the guy the going, going through, through this building. Windows. But it's at a it's at this weird like 3D angle uh-huh. because it's like it's a a building. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the edge an of office. a building. Yeah, an office inside with like windows and shit. And you see him go through the window like and then out twice. the window towards yeah. you. Yeah. And it's just a really gorgeous shot. And this film is full of it. The The first 45 minutes are like absolutely breathtaking. Like uh, with the action and the, the cinematography in South America with that chase. It's probably one of the most excited I've been in a Marvel movie. And unlike like, oh, it's Captain America. He's going to kick everyone's ass. Or, oh, it's Iron Man. He's going to figure something out. I'm like, yo, shit, they're going to they're gonna catch Bruce. Well, yeah, and it's <laughs> interesting to see, like, Bruce Banner doesn't really talk a lot. There's, because he's just on his own. Mm-hmm. Just You're stuck with him for, like, 20 or 30 minutes where he's just, like, trying to survive and figure out how to fix himself from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know. I think that's that's probably the my favorite part of the movie just the first like 30 or 40 minutes the color in brazil is also just gorgeous mm-hmm. like it's just like it's the film is, landscape is beautiful to or look like at. the parkour with like all the wide helicopter mm-hmm. shots of them running down all the rooftops like i think th- people have to come up with that stuff that doesn't just like happen someone had to think um you know how am i going gonna arrange all these pieces and they picked this location mm-hmm. and just in terms of the art style, the coloring, the shots, all that is is picked. And that's one thing about the phase one films that that I think is really interesting. Uh, they picked really great directors and, and cinematographers to make these films. And later down, really after Avengers 1, they got streamlined. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of that artistic creativity kind of went out the window. Like the direct, what does a director of photography or color artist do on the Marvel movie? It's all the same people just doing them again and again. Like right, exactly. Black Panther looks just like Civil War, like for the most part. Like if, when they're in like uh, that Korean area. Well, we I would debate that it doesn't, but I mean, it has the same color artist. We know that. Or Age of Ultron looks just like Civil War. Yeah, the sure, same color. sure. And even though they're totally different locations. Right. I think Doctor Strange is one of the few that actually like isn't just I'd say Guardians does it. I would say Doctor oh, yeah, Strange Guardians. looks very similar. But anyways, I digress. I really like how how vastly different Thor looks from Captain America and Captain America looks from the first Hulk. The only one that kind of looks desaturated is Iron Man 1, and even that kind of pops. Well, it also fits the narrative like of Iron Man, of, yeah. you know, iron steel sure. desaturated. Mm, um, but, absolutely. but yeah, the that stuff should service the story. Exactly. I think so, and I think this film really does that, just with the all the color and the lighting. And we talked about um, the intro scene where Hulk first makes his appearance. You don't even see him. That, you just see shadows, and you see like little. It's like a Batman Begins, where you just see kind of glimpses. I would I would akin it more to a monster movie like Jaws. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. So like everyone's getting taken out by this giant thing and everyone's like, what the hell is it? Of course, as comic fans know, it's the Hulk. But it's very cool to kind of establish that presence. Immediately off the off the presence of this film, you understand that this Hulk is uncontainable, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think they established his presence well by not showing, you know, by action. Right. By withholding, like in Jaws, when you don't show the shark, but you start playing the music, it's just that much more scary. Mm-hmm. And when you finally see it, you're like, oh, damn. Exactly. It's a tease. And, uh, well, speaking of music, I think this has probably top three Marvel soundtracks. Agreed. Of all time thus far. I'd say it's a number three for me. If you want to, like, get a really good workout or, like, a really good cardio run or something, just got to put favela chase favela chase favela escape favela escape Escape. yeah that's what it's called 
That's in my running shit playlist. Shit is as well. off the hook. This is a super good soundtrack. And weirdly enough, it's the same guy who did um Moulin Rouge. Like is who helped Craig Armstrong? Yeah. He helped Is that his name? Yeah. 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 So it's a weird like jump from one to the other. And yeah, just throughout the movie, the music that he picks, I would say keeps pace. If he's doing something very sciencey, it really slows it down. If he's in an action scene or an epic scene, it really helps you capture the feeling of Hulk's rage. It's very bombastic. I think it's because I think Hulk must be an interesting character to like score music to because Captain America just make it super patriotic. Iron Man, make it fucking metal. Hulk, you have to capture Bruce and and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting that he would have to capture both of those elements and make a score that can encapsulate both of them. Well, it's interesting, like, I don't know if you remember the music, like there's this running theme when the Hulk comes on screen mm-hmm. and goes, duh, 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 and he always uses uh, an organ, which mm-hmm. I'm like, that just sounds kind of fucking epic. I don't epic. remember the organ. I yeah, it's like, it's back. when, um, it's... It happens like throughout the movie, but in the final fight with him in Abomination, after he, I, I know what you're talking about, yeah, and there's That's just an these, yeah, there's these three chords and that he does every time, and he uses this organ, and I just get chills. I'm like, holy shit! Like it just sounds like just really epic mm-hmm. sounding music, and I thought that was an interesting choice. They also did uh, the the sad Hulk theme, didn't they? Oh yeah, they stole that from the show, the TV show. Yeah, yeah. there's a scene in that always happens in. Um, the Incredible Hulk show where he's like walking on the road and it plays yeah it plays this um this piano music every yeah. single time Sad for Hulk the music. end credits yeah. he's forever wandering and lastly um I just really like the the fight scenes like the action mm-hmm. sequences in this especially the final fight because uh, we we still haven't really gotten a, a real Hulk except for in Age of Ultron like but even then he's never really fought Thanos or someone that's closer to his level and it's been very brief yeah and i think this is one of the few times we actually get to see hulk fighting another like his own equivalent and it's just a badass fight like just seeing him go into fucking rage mode that is true we haven't seen him fight juggernaut a bomb uh, we say i've never, never fought red hulk man there's some stuff we've missed yeah that's we've what i mean seriously deprived of some hulk stuff mm-hmm and then we'll get She-Hulk, but it's, you know, Zrax. She-Hulk's cool, but it's not the same. But yeah, I think I think the action is really, really well done in the movie, particularly the end fight and the chase at the beginning. I agree, especially, um, I put this down, is I like how he uses his environment. The Hulk in the, in the MCU now usually just smashes shit together. But what I like about this Hulk is he uses, uh, like, pieces of cars he found like this big old anchor he starts using as a chain he did the thunderclap which he hasn't done since mm-hmm. like he does classic hulk yeah classic kind of moves. hulk moves as a matter of fact i feel like this hulk this despite how i feel about ruffalo has had more hulk iconic moments in one movie than than the other Hulk has in in mm-hmm. all the movies right and his villains are pretty in the film are pretty like up to par like i i was never taken out of any moment with like ross or abomination or whatever like i really felt like they did a good job i thought the leader was kind of rushed <laughs> in there sure i mean it's not really in there it's just yeah. like a teaser yeah <laughs> we'll go back to that in a minute that's it's, it's so stupid <laughs> All right. Well, that's my that's my positives. I don't have too many negatives with the movie. I mean, there's just a few there's a few things that I would like to see versus what isn't there, I guess. Okay. Like what? I mean, I'd just like to see at least a continuation of the character for starters. That 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 can't be a reflection of this movie. I know that's what I'm saying. I don't really have too many You don't have any problems with this movie? There's just like during the final fight, this is just one thing I had an issue with, which you both did, is when like everyone, spoiler, everyone in the helicopter except for like the two main characters didn't die. Yeah, so the helicopter crashes <laughs> with Betty Ross and Thunderbolt Ross in like 12 Marines. All 12 Marines die, which by the way, we're wearing their safety seatbelts. And the two people not wearing safety seatbelts were A-OK. I don't know if this was a PSA. Don't wear your seatbelt. 
Well, and then Hulk does a thunderclap, and I'm like, yo, they're fucking deaf. Yeah, they're, they got it. They can't hear. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't, like, clap their face off. I mean, that's just, like, you know, movie physics. I can get over that. But, I mean. It was annoying. Yeah. It's like, well, the shockwave would have killed them. <laughs> uh, how'd you feel about the casting? Because that's my, we, you and I have, like, the same positives. The only thing I was going to say is I thought the casting was pretty good. Yeah, it was on point. I really don't have a problem, too much of a problem with Ed Norton. I don't think he's like any worse than Eric Bana. I think more the problem is like on the other side, like behind the scenes of trying to deal with him as an actor who is trying to also be the director and the writer of the movie. And how'd you feel about Liv Tyler? Oh, I thought she was great. I think they like in the other Hulk movie they went for this whole like let's find an actress who talks very calm who's a very calming mm-hmm. presence and they kind of continued that in this one and I think that's you know that really fits the tone where she can just like calm him down especially after fucking Black Widow just makes no sense to like and be Bruce's kind of like I'm not having zen. another Age of Ultron discussion we are we already have... agree on this anyway so I'm indifferent that's um, not what you said before yeah so here are my my uh, my pros i really do like the casting i think ed norton captures a lot of of bruce banner i do like mark ruffalo but honestly i don't think mark ruffalo has been given a script for me it's like yeah tom, that, to be it, fair it's like tom holland he hasn't been given a good spider-man script to work with so you can't you can't fault him too much no i'm just saying based off of what we have now i can only judge what, what exists mm-hmm. also i don't mind ed norton overall like i thought in you know in the beginning of the movie him as bruce banner i think really really worked yeah and i, I think I his chemistry with Liv tyler was good too yeah i felt it it was there my cons are ty burel he's the he's the guy in that american family show i forget what it's called oh modern family that's what it's called. There you go. Uh, he's Doc Sampson. And like I said, I've watched this movie six times and never noticed it. He's a pretty big character, and we'll get into it a little more in the comics. He's also that guy in Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one. Oh, the asshole who gets everyone killed. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't fit that role right either. <laughs> no. Because he looks like a nice guy. Anyways, I didn't. I thought that that casting was really weird, and his his role in the movie was super unnecessary. Um, and then what else I didn't like was the pace. I think the beginning is really strong and the middle kind of loses its footing. And then the ending is just really quick. Uh, but other than that, I think the movie's pretty, pretty solid. I just think that the ending just kind of happens and then it's over. Yeah. And I think again, that seemed like a thing with Ed Norton where, you know, he was trying to rewrite things, Mm. but they're trying to, you know, fit in the pieces in the puzzle story. Yeah. So then it's like, it seemed like they were putting all this fucking exposition in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we've been watching the movie for an hour 45. We got to wrap it up. And, and they so just they just wrapped it. it. Right. And uh, that would have been fun trivia that Ed Norton was recast because he was just too demanding on set and wanted to be marked as a producer and a writer and a writer. And when they didn't, he was like, surprise Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. It turns out you're just the actor. Ed, just say the lines. <laughs> and I couldn't imagine him and RDJ working well together, but I guess him and Mark Ruffalo are actually friends and they joke about it a lot. That's funny. Hmm. Awkward. Awkward. Haha, ha, I got your job. Yeah, it's funny, Mark. I'm not going to lie. If one of my I'll best friends took up. my job, I'd be like, yo, that's, that's low-key fucked. Well, also, uh, fun fact, there is a scene that they filmed where the Hulk kills himself or mm-hmm. tries to kill himself in Antarctica. And that is later referenced in Avengers, which was everyone was really confused in because we're like, I don't remember that scene. Well, and that's because they deleted it. <laughs> well, that scene was supposed to be like the opening of the movie. And I'm like, it's not a good opening. What's also weird about that opening is is Captain America's shield is there. So like, so what happens uh, is he, he, go, yeah. he goes crazy and he breaks out of his house and he's like in the middle of Antarctica. <laughs> And Cap is is happened to be frozen not too far from the cabin where Hulk like busted out. So Hulk's rage saved Captain America. That's weird. It's That's not too great. Much. It's not great. That's very comic booky. I'll give them super that, comic though. booky. 
I think it even happened in the Avengers. It's TV just like show. way over the top for a movie. Thank God. Hulk. Also, that would be a not a strong opener. Right. You just open with a Hulk trying to like slit his wrist. Yeah. I'm like, oh. mommy, why did Hulk put a gun in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving. Oh uh, yeah, we're leaving. I was in a drive-in when I saw it. It was pretty sick. Oh, cool. Yeah, a dr- drive-in. Fun theater. fact. Fun fact. Mr. Blueberry saw it in a drive-in theater. <laughs> fell asleep at the forty-five minute mark. You didn't even finish the movie? No, I finished it. I woke up and then uh, I fell asleep right after the cool scene, like when they went in the cave. And I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. And I, and then I fell asleep. I, I was pretty young, you know, 2008. I forgot you're, you're a baby. I'm not a baby. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a big man. But yeah, I got sleepy, so I, I had to watch like it again. I think you're like 13. Yep. <laughs> you're not even small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very small. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I like the movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> All right. So you said things you did like. What didn't you like? Uh, just the pace and the quick the end, pace. really. And uh, yeah. What about his design? Uh, I'm okay with it. What I do prefer about the Mark ruffalo hulk is that he looks like mark ruffalo and they face scanned him and all that and i like this hulk and ed norton look nothing alike not that that's a huge problem but it is i do like that decision to make hulk look like mark ruffalo vaguely the only issue i had with his look i didn't mind the face and everything his eyes kind of looked weird um but um the green was weird like i i could probably go back and like photoshop the whole movie and just make the green the way I want it. Could you but... Photoshop either Ed Norton in all the other MCU <laughs> movies or Mark Ruffalo Face in this one him. movie? It just bugs me because I don't want to go through. Your OCD. If you, if you could also face swap Don Cheadle over Terrence Howard in the first movie, just for my OCD, it freaking kills me. It destroys me. I know that last one is possibly not great, but I just need you to do it for my OCD. I'll think about it. I need a George Lucas edit of I'll all try. these movies. I'll contact Marvel and be like, I think you're sitting on a gold mine. Mm-hmm. The, the Probert cut. The Probert cut. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, that's my only problem. It's like kind of a forest, like weird pale green. It's not kind of you don't a like vibe. No, it's not vibrant. Mm-hmm. His eyes are very vibrant, which I liked. Mm-hmm. They're just a weird shape. The movie has also has good emotional impact, which I it does. Yeah, like I actually do care. And like when when Hulk gets mad because Betty's hurt and he like like he presses against the glass, it's well acted. It's well acted for sure. Mm-hmm. There's also some. It's like when I first saw it, it was kind of unpredictable. Like I wouldn't have known it was going to take where that direction. it was going to go. Yeah. Hmm. It's a pretty solid movie. Like I feel like. At one time, we were spoiled based off the blockbusters we got at mm-hmm. a certain time, like, you know, what, from like 2005 to about 2012, there were some really solid blockbusters, but now it's like, I feel like The Incredible Hulk is a blockbuster that, or even just like a movie that does well, that should like set the bar for like action movies or blockbuster movies, because it's not... It's, you know, it's a fun movie, but it's well acted. It's well written. Mm-hmm. It, you may not think That's about it substance. in a year or something. Yeah. But it's like every, all the pieces are in play. Mm. Now you have movies that don't even hit any kind of mark. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like the acting sucks. The writing sucks. The music is just fucking hip hop from the last three years. Sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah. What I was going to say... Oh man, what was I gonna say? You made me think of it. What this is also the first movie where we realized that the MCU was building because you had you had Sam Jackson at the end of Iron Man One, like Nick Fury, director of Shield, and you're like, ooh, that's cool. He's like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Then they did the Hulk movie, and then you saw Tony at the end of the Hulk movie, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> Do you think that was their ploy to make everyone sit through the credits? Well, they they already had a post credit scene. Each movie had a post credit scene. Yeah, but they don't have to put it there. I actually missed the Nick Fury one. I thought someone photoshopped it when I was younger. I was like, that's weird. And then I saw the one in Hulk, and then I went back in Iron Man. Well, that was the first one. Yeah, so I missed the first one in theaters. But I'm saying, like, also, my mom was not going to sit through credits. No, she's like, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it makes people sit and see all those names through the credits because they don't have to put them there. They could literally just put. 
how they do like two credits and uh-huh. then they put a scene and then two more credits and then they put a scene. Marvel made that famous. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a trap. All right. You want to get into the comics? Sure. Let's take a little break. Fake break. Activate. Hit the funky jams. Yeah. Oh, I'm sick. Man, that was really fast. I'm sorry. I was looking at my phone and I really hurt my neck. Oh, man. Get get your notes out. Yeah, Everybody notes get out. your notes. Look at all these pages of notes. This is terrible. <laughs> I really feel like we needed a second to come back. Can we cancel? No, finish, finish your drink. I haven't drank in a while. Okay. So, we're going to talk about comics, I guess, because I can't even drink water in peace. Um, what do we got? Uh, well, the problem with Hulk comics, right? I didn't realize. They're weird as hell. Not just that. A lot of motherfucking same. Yeah. I, I talked about this earlier. A lot of Hulk They're tropes. so samey. Like, in the comic universe, there'll be phases of a character, and it'll have a different title. So you kind of know like, oh, the ultimate Spider-Man here or a spectacular Spider-Man here. Mm. Hulk, his name doesn't fucking change until like the 2000s. It just says the Incredible Hulk for like 40 years. Then you have Tales to Astonish Hulk because he kind of wasn't that successful. So he kind of went back into joint comics with Ant-Man and Wasp. Like, yeah, it's really weird. He has a weird history for sure. And there was a, I was actually reading, um, a quote this writer had mm-hmm. who he had written Hulk comics for years and he's like I cannot write Hulk comics anymore for the sake of my career that's f- this is the <laughs> trivia that I was asking for yeah well this is the comic section so this is the comic mm-hmm. trivia section but I thought that was I think his name was Tony something but I thought that was fucking hilarious he's like for the sake of my career I cannot continue to write these comics <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting so, in Rousey of uh, what's his face, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Graham, they are killing me financially. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hulk comics are very similar, and a lot of uh, I think movie directors have mentioned that it's very hard to write the Hulk as a character because the Hulk mainly runs from the government, fights as an Avenger, or I kind of I kind of said the same thing with Black Panther. They, they're kind of not like one note, but they don't really do anything well i don't think they've been given a chance sure and uh sometimes they'll do something like oh a lot of times what what hulk has as his way out is they'll they'll delve into his multiple personalities so hulk i think in the late 80s uh developed multiple personalities i think think you're talking about the 91 run late 80s early 90s i think yeah it happened a lot he's developed personalities such as joe fix it the Las Vegas mobster, where he wears this big old pimp suit, like this pinstripe thing, and he's, his skin is not green but gray. Um, there's Savage Hulk. There's Devil Hulk. So it's like um, Split. Yeah, it's kind of, It's very much like Split. And sometimes in the comics, you will be seeing all these different versions of Hulk talking to Bruce. And Bruce is like stuck in there, not unlike the way that they represent it in Split. Or Spider Man with Doc Ock inside his brain. Yeah. You read that? Yeah. Why'd you read it? I read. Okay. I'm not saying you don't. Uh, But uh, I look at pictures. Okay. With words. Yeah. Those are comics. Okay. Anyways, so there are those, and there are certain elements that we haven't seen of Hulk, but this movie gives very broad strokes of of comics we've seen. It's a lot more cinematic. Yeah, it's a lot more cinematic. Like most simplest terms. And was inspired heavily by the show. And I haven't seen the show in quite some time. Which is inspired by comics. Which is also inspired. Full circle. So uh first off, I will start with saying that the kind of machine is kind of like Bruce Banner seems to be designed vaguely off the ultimates bruce banner i'm looking at uh, ultimates number one through five which is like avengers comics early in 2000s uh multiple artists and writers so 
can't really cite them all. But long story short, Bruce Banner is tasked with designating a new super soldier serum, and he has multiple failures, and he tests it on himself. In this version, which I kind of have issues with, uh, he is, he thinks he's working on like nuclear power or, or something else because this Bruce Banner is super against war or something, which is far from the original Bruce Banner who was trying to make a freaking nuke. Anyways, um, he's, he's like, like, what are you going to do with that? Right. Well, he tests it on himself to see if the, the stuff works and it turns him into the Hulk, a super soldier. Um, and General Thunderbolt Ross is like, that's exactly what we wanted. And that's kind of more like the Ultimates. He was trying to recreate Captain America's uh, formula. And Ross that, is trying to capitalize on that. Well, that's not like explicitly said in the movie, but... No, Ross says it to uh, Blonsky. Does he? Yeah. When Blonsky's like, what do you want with this guy that turns into a 12-foot green monster and kills a lot of people? And he's P- like, I want him because... Penis enlargement. Yep. (laughs) (sighs) What a co-host. Thank you so much for helping me keep this comic podcast in check. Comic. Comics. Um, So that's what I gathered. Did you see anything in Hulk Origins that rang a bell in terms of him becoming the Hulk? I mean, really just, you know, his struggle to not want to be the Hulk all the time. Yeah, there's never... That's a pretty prevalent theme. Which is kind of nice, because he's, he's less of a reluctant hero, but he's, he was like, um, kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He doesn't want to give in to that. Right. But, I mean, to be fair, this isn't, like, totally common. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think that that storyline is just all of the Hulk, but the Hulk it can be an asshole as well in mm-hmm. the comics. Sure. Can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I wanted to get into is The Incredible Hulk number one with Lee and Kirby. That's the original. Uh, I think that's the original debut of the Hulk, who originally was uh, gray, but because of a printing error, he was green. And they're like, we like that better. And also, yeah, printing and, you know, colors was kind of not p- popular. So they wanted to save on color as much as possible. I think they were like, Actually, he looks way better in green, so they just kept printing him in green. Um, but so in that one, General Thunderbolt Ross and his daughter, Betty, whichever, why the fuck he brought his daughter, I'll never know. He's like, oh, let's go check this uh, nuke out. And it's, it's funny. He's a really bad father. Yeah, he's not a great father in comics, and they really got that in this movie. They capitalized on that. He's just my like- My daughter's safety you know, is my number one concern. Gets well, captured multiple times. <laughs> shoots an Apache helicopter missiles at her. Almost <laughs> runs over her with a tank. And then what's, there's a line that you and I laughed at where she's she dates Dr. Sampson in the movie and Bruce Banner. She's like, where do we, where does she find these guys? And I'm like, your daughter is dating renowned doctors, <laughs> leaders in their field. Like, I hope my daughter dates the most renowned doctor in gamma radiation and or psychiatry. psychiatry. Like, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want your daughter to date? A jughead? <laughs> Her safety is his number one concern. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is trumped by him trying to get the Hulk, because that is definitely number one. That is number one. Oh, what's funny in the comics, his name is Thunderbolt Ross, and he'll just go, buy thunder, like, which sounds like the lamest thing. He's like, buy thunder, Bruce. This bomb better work. Buy thunder. Oh, I thought that was like a stock or something. No, like, buy, buy thunder. thunder stock. No, he's like, buy the thunder. He's like, Thor. He's like, buy really thunder's wrath. In your, in your IRA. Jeez. But long story short, Bruce is like kind of cocky. And one of his like, his subservient guys is like, hey, let me see what you've been doing with this gamma bomb. And he's like, no, Jenkins. Oh, actually, his name's Igor, which I thought was really oh, weird. Yeah. He's, Tell like, me that. he's like, no, Igor, it's all in my secret memory bank. And then Rick Jones, which also becomes a form of abomination called A-bomb, uh, is just uh, chilling in the nuclear testing field because he was like dared to chill there. So he's like brushing his hair because back then he was, a, what do they call that? The guys from Greece? Like a greaser. Greaser, yeah. The guys from Greece, greasers. That was hard, Tristan. Good job. And I said my name on a podcast again. <laughs> Anyways, um, long story short. We can bleep that out if you want. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, long story short. <laughs> Puts name like a hundred times. In the comments, whatever. Long story short, Bruce like drives in a Jeep to go save um, 
what's his name? I just said his name, Rick Jones. And he goes to save Rick Jones and he throws him in a hole, but the gamma bomb goes off because he's building a gamma bomb, a nuke. And they're like, oh, that should have killed you. And then he becomes uh, the Hulk. But I, I like this one scene where Rick Jones goes like, yeah, I was a good for nothing. My mama and dada left me when I was a kid and I was raised in an orphanage and all you did was save my life. He gives like his whole backstory <laughs> in a single panel. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bruce Banner has just woken up from his coma. <laughs> From a like, nuclear blast. What the fuck just happened? Why is this guy telling me his life story? Why is this guy not in jail for trespassing on a <laughs> nuclear testing facility? You no, know, that's Rick Jones. And he's a very important doc. That, that's something that's kind of interesting that we haven't seen in the MCU. There's no freaking Hulk characters. There's no Doc Samson. There's no Jennifer Walters. I mean, Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt. Yeah, he came back in Civil War and Infinity War, I guess. Uh, well, I guess. No Betty Ross. No Rick Jones, like a lot of characters, even villains, like just Hulk's kind of like when you read these comics, there's a lot of gold in these comics. Some of it's not great. And he's one of your personal favorites uh, for Marvel. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get upset. And I think like the multiple personalities route is super interesting, but we're already on like smart Hulk. We're kind of like. Well, it'd be weird in the Avengers if he just walks out with a fucking pimp suit and you're like. I'm not going to lie. I want it so bad. (laughs) Even as like a reference. You can wear it to like like, a wedding or something. I'm into it. Black Widow's dead, so <laughs> for now. TBD. TBD. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of similar to the Hulk intro in some ways. Uh, did you have any? Um, well, you are correct. Hulk comics are weird, mm-hmm. and it's really frustrating because a lot of the times they'll like the beginning of a run, it'll start out just kind of normal, okay, and then by usually by the third or fourth issue, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Why? So I was reading this one, which I was really into. Um, it's uh, The Incredible Hulk, 1999. So the Hulk, he's doing his thing like, you know, hitchhiking, going from town to town, and he hits this small town, and he gets a, um, he gets a hotel. And while he's sleeping in this like little hotel motel, he has a dream that he's the Hulk and he has destroyed the town. And he wakes up and he's like, man, that was a crazy dream. And the town is fucking destroyed. Okay. So he's like, oh shit, I should get out of town. But he hops to another person's house like not too far away who is the sheriff of the town and same shit happens. He goes to sleep thinks he's like dreaming and then the Hulk is like destroying stuff. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then he also talks about his kind of struggle with controlling the Hulk Mm -hmm. and how he's trying to get rid of it. And he tells the sheriff all this and the sheriff is like a little girl that likes him and kind of like keeps him under control. The sheriff was a little girl? The sheriff has a little girl. Okay, it sounded like he was a little girl. No, the sheriff has a little girl. And then by like the fourth issue... The comic shifts, and it's like some other dude controlling the Hulk via VR. And I'm like, what? Oh, that is kind of stupid. It, yeah, there was like a huge Wait, jump. What does I'm, this have to do with the move, the ability, the, the fact he was trying to well, control his rage? Was he trying to control it in any way? Or Well, that's what I'm saying. It didn't even touch on that because it jumped to this, oh, he's actually being controlled by VR. And like this guy would... um he would turn on the VR and make Hulk destroy shit. Okay. And that's where it went. And then he like fights Wolverine and the Avengers like three comics later. Interesting. I think I read the same series. What Do you remember what issue that was? Because I read issue 25. I read issue one through 10 and it's uh, just Hulk, no incredible, 1999 yeah. run. Hulk 1999. I read number yeah. 25. And that one has uh, Emil Blonsky as Abomination. Basically, Abomination had killed Betty, mm-hmm. and Hulk like just straight up found out, and he was like fighting with his alternate egos and personalities, and that's kind of where I was talking about some of that stuff. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go fucking kill him. And all what's weird is his Hulk personalities are like, you have to learn to forgive. But little Bruce Banner's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> And he basically almost does. He finds him, he jumps, and he starts beating the shit out of him. But what kind of happens is Ross goes like, oh, yeah, I'd love to show you Betty's dead body, but it's, like, off limits. 
but it's also in a glass container. Now, I should probably reread that because that wasn't clear. Um, but anyways, so he almost kills Abomination, just like beats the shit out of him. His skull's like like bleeding out. And then um, Thunderbolt Ross is like, we're going to take him from here. And they keep him locked up, which I think is a parallel to this movie because that's like one of the few times that Thunderbolt Ross actually goes after Abomination. He mm-hmm. usually goes after Hulk. So I thought that was interesting. He keeps him locked up, but what's kind of messed up is what Bruce Banner does is when he's locked up, he keeps playing footage of his 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 uh, his uh, ex-wife, which in this comic is Amelia Blonsky or girlfriend. I'm, I don't know if they're married, but it was the last love interest. And he keeps playing the like one of their home videos. And I guess she's dead now. So he's torturing her like he's that video's on loop forever. And he's like, this is what you get for killing the love of my life. It's fucked. It was weird. But I think it's kind of interesting how uh, Thunderbolt Ross captured him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suicide thing, I've never read, but I found some comics that kind of go into it. Mm. Uh, Marvel Comics is uh, Startling Stories, which is kind of nice that they had this. I think this is in 2000, 2001, but they always had Tales to Astonish, uh, Amazing Fantasy. So they had one called Startling Stories, which are more kind of uh, grounded and brutal. Uh Bruce Banner tries to uh, kill himself at the end, and he it's very similar to that deleted scene we talk about where he spits out the bullet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulk spits it out. It's actually a cliffhanger. He shoots himself, and in the next issue, Hulk spits it out. Mm. And in similar comics I've read, he's tried slitting his wrist, uh, eating pills, uh, jumping off. Of, I, there was one where he jumped into the Grand Canyon while drunk. And that one, I guess, was a pretty bad rampage. I think he fights Wolverine in that one, too. <laughs> I just like when Hulk and Wolverine get like are just both and, in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. Yeah, and Old Man Logan. Oh, yeah. Well, that one's really gruesome. But um, There's a lot of Hulks in that one. Yeah. I just kind of like when Hulk and Wolverine are both in the middle of like, Antarctica, and they're like, what's so, up? <laughs> we're doing this. I guess we're doing this. Why else would we both be here? And they both fight the Wendigo, which is like an abominable snowman with a tail. Yep. Wendigo. It just That's says in his name. Uh, Until Dawn. What is that? The video game. I have no idea what that is. It's a video game. The Wendigo is in Until Dawn? Yes. I thought Marvel made the Wendigo. Is this like a real thing? No, Marvel just takes everything. Hold dude. on. Is a Wendigo a real thing? <laughs> Not yeah, like a real, real thing, but like it's in that uh that game. Hold on, I'm googling. The Wendigo, ultra disposed, a mythological creature of evil spirit from folklore of the First Nations I don't know why you tribes think... based in the northern forest of Nova Scotia. I don't know why you think Marvel Oh, this looks way more terrifying. Marvel is like original with their stories. It looks like an evil reindeer. They're like the Disney of comics. They just oh take. Oh my god, these are terrifying. Other stories, yeah. It's no in, thanks. It's Fuck in that, that horror game until dawn. They talk about a Wendigo. Um, what's interesting is you mentioned Bruce Banner trying to Back control the beast. Sorry. Uh, and uh, there's been times where he's tried meditation in his first comic. I don't know if you know this because they were trying to cure him. Mm-hmm. In his first comic, if you read the first six issues of the Incredible Hulk. He, the the Hulk powers just go away. <laughs> they just wear off. The gamma bomb just wears off. That'd be nice. Yeah, well, here's what's funny. So he goes, ugh, I'm no longer the Hulk. Thank God. And then the Avengers <laughs> issue number one happens and he's immediately back the Hulk. <laughs> and, Sick. And they never address it. He was just like, Hulk smash. <laughs> and everyone's like, weren't you like cured because time? <laughs> um. So he just goes back full rage. And he's been the Hulk ever since. There's been times where he has died. Uh, Hawkeye killed him most recently with mm-hmm. the, in Civil War Two, which I, I I don't enjoy that comic, but he killed him with an arrow made by Stark. And then he's died a couple of other times, and he's been cured a couple of times. He's also been shot in space like a million fucking times. Oh, what was weird in the, in that in another Hulk comic, Hulk used a gun and killed Abomination. And then Abomination's ghost came and haunted Red Hulk, and he still had the bullet holes in his ghost. And I'm like, oh, that's still canon. <laughs> I didn't know that was still canon. <laughs> There's just a, a giant red or a green Abomination ghost with bullet holes in him. And I'm like, how is this still canon? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. I think the weirdest one I read was the Hulk 
um was sleeping with abominations like ex-wife and mm-hmm. he well sleeping with bruce banner and uh-huh. bruce banner didn't know that that was his ex-wife and he's like how'd you get all these scars on your face and she's like oh my husband was abomination he slapped me around and he's just like huh hmm. how bizarre he like tried <laughs> to change the subject in the comic he's like well, that's fucking weird. So, how about this? Uh, these eggs. <laughs> that is <laughs> evasion level ten out of ten. It's great. So, um, she starts telling him, and she's like, "Yeah, I wanted to like kill him, so I kind of like sold you out to the government. So you're gonna have to fight him in like an hour." And he's like, "Well, that's fucking lame." Bruce gets used in a lot of relationships, and that's something that we yes, also don't see. Sap. Yeah, he's a simp. It's pronounced simp. Simp. Whatever that means. But uh, that new Avengers game has a really interesting take on it, and maybe we'll do an episode on that later. Uh, that Incredible Hulk comic was done by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, by the way. It's the original Hulk run. Um, but like I was saying, he eventually uh, got mer- merged in comics. So when comics don't do well, they'll merge comics. So like Luke Cage and Iron Fist comics didn't do well in the 70s, which was a surprise, or like in the 80s. So they made Heroes for Hire where they grouped up a bunch of those heroes so they can still write them and sell them. Uh, they like did you're that. only good as side characters. Basically. <laughs> and they did it with Hulk and Ant-Man, which I was surprised about because mm. I thought Ant-Man was the shit back then. Um, but I guess not. Um, and that's where the leader came in. Oh, we should, yeah, I want to talk about the villains. So we have the leader, Thunderbolt Ross, and Emil Blonsky, who's Abomination. Who's pretty frequently Abomination, right? There's not somebody else. Rick Jones has been Abomination a couple times, or he's A-bomb, sorry. Okay, so there's a distinction. There's a distinction. One of them's blue, but he looks the same. Gotcha. One's blue, one's green. Mm -hmm. That's about it, though. Because Emil Blonsky's in the movie. Yeah. Emil so. Blonsky's in the movie. Usually he is Russian, which does that bug you that he's played by Tim Roth? I really don't care. Because in the comics, he doesn't have like a Russian, like when, when Black Widow, when she is Russian. Well, he's British. No, I'm aware. And they mentioned that in the movie. Oh, yeah, he's from Russia, but he defected and blah, blah, blah. He was raised in England or something. They mention it, so it doesn't like it's not like super out of place. But I just kind of like when when Russians have Russian accents. Dude, yeah, that's getting really annoying. I'm getting sick of it. I I wouldn't care if the actors like like Tim Roth didn't even try to do a Russian accent. So I'm like, well, I can't fault you, dude. You knew you couldn't do it, or mm-hmm. you didn't feel like you wanted to do it, so just Whatever. ignore it. But when you have like, I'm pretty sure. I have to watch this back just so I know that I'm right. Scarlett Johansson, straight up. Had a Russian accent. I think you're wrong. About in this. Iron Man 2. Pretty sure you're wrong. It was just this. really, really bad. And then she just totally dropped it. The same thing happened with Elizabeth Olsen. She dropped it after three movies, though. Well, that's really weird, though. Just keep doing it. It's I called think, acting. I think it's they're supposed to, quote unquote, assimilate. I don't know. I think that's what they're trying that's to say. That's not how assimilation works. Okay, I'm reality. just saying what I think what they're going for. I think the actor's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. People really didn't like her accent. I thought it was fine. Well, she she wasn't even really from Russia, so Sokovia. She's from a made up country. Yeah, so the what I think in Tales to Astonish number I think sixty through like sixty five, the first one was done by Stanley and and Burgess. Um, oh. you just kicked me. Your mouth wasn't on the mic. Oh, I was reading. Okay, um, so in those ones, they establish actually. Emil Blonsky as Abomination really quickly. And I think it's funny because it's similar to your last episode, our last episode of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a janitor. <laughs> or no, sorry. Um, the leader is a janitor who um, has a gamma accident <laughs> and becomes the smartest man on earth. But he was See, just like you. a janitor. Just, just flip the switch. He was in a lab when he wasn't supposed to be. And he just, he, he like Oops. got gamma radiated. <laughs> and then Emil Blonsky was like a, a Russian spy who was trying to find out more about the technology. Hulk came back in to be like, yo, I want to turn myself human again. And then he got taken away by guards. And then he was like, 
Oh, that was super stupid. So there was just this giant floor panel that if you tapped it, it turned on the machine. I'm like, who the fuck sets the radiation machine to be trigger activated? First of all, how didn't you step on it when you walked in the room? Because the thing is like six by six feet wide. It's a huge fucking button. Like it's huge. I don't think the janitor was allowed in there. This isn't the janitor. This is Emil Blonsky, the Russian spy. Okay, okay, so okay. he walked in, somehow snuck around the machine, the lab, hid, and then when he's like, oh, the coast is clear, stepped on the machine and became the abomination. He's like, that was strangely easy. Yeah. You know what's funny? In the in the video game, you said that a, a abomination looks like a lizard. Yeah. He originally does look like a lizard, and they, they describe him as a reptile fish kind of person. Yeah, he straight up looks like um, Swamp Thing in some of these comics. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that they did that in that game. And in this movie, he doesn't really look like a lizard. He just looks... Uh, no, he just looks uh, fucking ugly. Looks like an abomination. Yeah. Lives up to the name. Spike. Well, there was one version that I liked where he kind of looks more like a crocodile, kind mm-hmm. of. Like right. scaly skin and shit. And this, it was more kind of... He looked like a rock. Yeah, he looks like a rock sometimes, which I don't love because I'm like, that's what the thing is for. Yeah, and he had like holes in his back and shit. That's the one that, that got shot, by the way. <laughs> the whole back one? But, yeah. It's weird. It's funny. And then, so that's that's Abomination. He's always, he. I always don't feel, I don't feel like they've ever done anything really unique with him. I looked in the Ultimate comics because there, there's two versions of Abomination. There's the regular Abomination and then the Ultimate Abomination. From what I read, they're nearly identical. Uh, please, if someone's read more Ultimate comics, I don't think they're all up to date on Marvel Unlimited with the Ultimates. So you're welcome to send us some. You know, if if we you think we miss anything, please let us know, and we'll make a retraction episode or something like that. And uh, an entire episode, entire episode of all our mistakes. We'll just group them together. <laughs> uh, but as far as I know, they're the same thing. Always a, a Eastern a European or Russian spy who somehow I mean, gets entwined with the Gamma Project. The Hulk was written during the Cold like, War. around the Cold War, so it makes sense. A lot of villains were Russian for, for reasons. Cold War reasons. Yeah, Cold War reasons. <laughs> can't trust those Ruskies, am I right? Still can't. They're freaking on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> They're just having fun. Um, and then in that same series, the leader is really weird, so... Like in the movie, he's a scientist, but he's actually very rarely a scientist. The gamma is what makes him smart. And in the, like I said, he was a janitor. Uh, in the movie, he's a scientist who works with Bruce. I couldn't find anything about that. Like the leader and 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 Bruce working together. Sometimes the leader will control Hulk. So in the first comic, he convinces Hulk to go to the Watcher's planet. He fights like some red gorilla um, mm-hmm. for like, three days or something like balrog status and he brings back an orb like a magical orb and the the leader was like yes now i can use this to take over the world it turns out he's deadly allergic to the orb and he just fucking dies and hulk just is standing in his lab like oh he died (laughs) and like it just ends with him dead and i'm like is he still under mind control does hulk just starve in that cave or does he leave like what the hell (laughs) so anticlimactic yeah he just dies because the orb kills him and then in the later comic he's like ah i faked my death and everyone's like why would you fake it death the problem with the leader i have as a villain is he as as strong as hulk is the leader is smart and hulk's very fucking strong this guy isn't smart He's never had a plan that I'm like, oh, that's smart. Like Lex Luthor's had some plans where I'm like, oh, that's smart. Or Dr. Doom, I'm like, holy shit, you stole the power of the gods. This guy, I'm like, you're on fucking crack. (laughs) You have never had an idea that is remotely interesting, let alone smart. I wonder what, like, since, you know, uh, Abomination Blonsky is supposed to be around the Cold War. Who was this guy? A janitor. That they're just basing a, off a shady at the time. janitor. <laughs> just like Stan Lee's just looking at the janitor like through his office, like Yeah. He probably spilled a mop bucket stupid. and he's like, This guy's a fucking idiot. If Killing in, him off. Yeah, you know, if he was in a gamma lab, he'd be dead. <laughs> I bet he would get his orb and die because he's allergic to it. I'm just gonna end it right there. That's the comic. That's right. what I'm ending it on. And like I was saying, uh Leader is a very prominent Hulk villain. I I haven't read a whole bunch of Hulk comics, but he's never done anything where I'm like, he hasn't had a killing joke moment like Joker, or he hasn't had a Doctor Doom moment moment where he's taken over the world. Like I, I haven't 
really seen Leader do anything all that impressive. For sure. And honestly, the Abomination stuff I read was more interesting. Way more engaging. Like I read one from 91, Incredible Hulk. I think it's 383 to 84, where... The Hulk has like marriage problems because he's he's Professor Hulk, so he's sure. Hulk all the time. And Betty's problem is she doesn't feel like Bruce needs her anymore, right? Because he's just he he'll just walk away mm-hmm. from an argument and he doesn't even try and fix anything. And she's like, "Well, when he was Bruce, Bruce needed me all the time." But what happens is, um, Abomination is looking for his wife or his ex-wife. And he he kidnaps her and the Hulk goes after him. And he has to come to terms with the fact that he's not the same man anymore. And he's very fucking ugly. And he has done some really shitty things. And so the Hulk, it weirdly, Thanos snaps the gauntlet and the Hulk shrinks to like six inches and a bunch of people die. But this story is still going on in the meantime. So the Hulk like pretends to be God in his ear and says like, yo, just let her go, blah, blah, blah. But then at the end of the comic, um, Abomination is like, I knew it was you, but I knew that was the right thing to do to just let my wife go. It's just weird comics. Like, it it, I really mean, it's weird. sweet, but it's also like, oh, that's fucking it, weird. It was really strange. Uh, See, again, I think, I wish like comic writers would talk about why they wrote what they wrote just because that sounds like you know some shit was going on in that writer's right. life at the time it's like it could just feels random with given everything going on within the story oh by the way i kind of messed up yeah those tales to astonish were number 62 and 90 for the leader and abomination respectively um but yeah Hulk's had some weird comments and there's just so much Hulk stuff that we haven't seen. The movie very loosely captured a lot of elements. It captured that Thunderbolt Ross was trying to capitalize on the Hulk and he always, he makes Hulkbuster units to take down the Hulk. That was all there. He was trying to cure himself. He tries, I've seen him try to meditate, uh, you know, peacefully take breathing exercises, sedate himself. All that's in the movie. Um, I think it kind of took like an, an approach like the Dark Knight did where it pulled all the best elements or the best story elements uh-huh. and kind of mixed it together right. into one. There are some elements we haven't seen. We've never seen Thunderbolt Ross turn into Red Hulk, mm-hmm. which I always maintain that the formula that was stolen um, in Civil War, there's like a red vial that was taken mm-hmm. by Crossbones. I'm, I still want to say that that was the Red Hulk formula. Sure. I don't know what happened to it. I think they got it back. But anyways, um, and I've always wanted to see Red Hulk versus Hulk. That's like one of the few things I still want to see. Red Hulk versus Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk we'll get into when that that Disney Plus series drops in like four years or something. Um, I've always wanted to see more about the personalities. Not necessarily Joe Fix It, but Hulk's a big part of Bruce Banner is his personal uh, or his side personalities. And it would be interesting to kind of see that like Hulk comics are dark and kind of like yeah they can be for sure what you liked about the Ang Lee film Hulk's father was abusive like crazy abusive and a lot of that has caused him to have split personalities which each Hulk that has a different personality is either stronger smarter more savage they they all act differently well and what's interesting about that is like to me Bruce Banner as a character there's always because he's so meek and nice Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that's something that's inside of him that he like never really got out, if that makes sense. Sure. And I think that's why Hulk manifested its himself or itself the way that it did. If that make like with Captain America, Cap has like a pure heart, mm-hmm. but Bruce has this like rage that he's just never come to terms with. And that's what became the Hulk. Whereas Captain America had a good heart and he was a good person, which is why only he could be Captain America. Mm. So you think sense. he, uh, Bruce, succeeded in key, uh, in creating the super soldier serum? He just his he didn't he has fit his own, the mold in the right he way. Has his own demons. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting take. I haven't heard that. Mm-hmm. Huh. What else what was I going to say? Yeah, I think the movie does a great job of capturing. There's just stuff like you've said that we haven't seen and we won't see. We haven't seen other love interests of Bruce. We haven't seen Betty Ross in a minute. And they had that villain, the leader, who 
who had Bruce's blood spill into his brain and he got superpowers. I think that's like the worst superhero origin, just blood spilling into your head. Yeah, I mean... If anything, you should get an infection. The comics speak for themselves based off of what you read. Yeah. I think the janitor story almost makes more sense. (laughs) It's very rare that a comic book origin makes more sense than an adaptation in a movie. Oh, I meant to say uh, in that comic where... Uh, Abomination's ex-wife dupes the Hulk and sleeps with them. Um, there is a reference to Mr. Green and Mr. Blue. Oh yeah, that's the code names they use uh, that the leader uh, Stearns and mm. Banner use to talk to each other. Yeah, so just subtle things, really. Yeah, the movie's uh, pretty complex, and it doesn't hit you over the head with stuff. It's not an Age of Ultron. And you and I had to do a little bit of digging to find these references, but they're all there. You could have easily just read a couple of Hulk comics and made this movie, or you could just pick up a Hulk comic and see parallels, but they're not like direct callbacks necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're just thematic um, tones that are captured over 60 years of comics. 70? 70, 60 years, something like that. Close, close enough. But uh, yeah, what do you think uh, in terms of the comics? Do you think this is a movie better on its own or an adaptation of comics? I think it's a fair version of the character. So I think if I, if I didn't read comics and saw this movie, I'd be interested to read comics after. Hmm. So how do we rate movies again? It's been so long. As a, as a comic book movie, what do you rate it? Like a, an eight. Mm-hmm. And as a movie movie, what do you rate it? Probably like an eight and a half. I'm going to say as a comic book movie, I rate it a seven. I thought you were going to say that. You say that every time I rate something. I thought you were going to say know, that. I know you're going to say. But no matter what I say, you can still say Anyways. I'll just, I, next time I'll just guess then. Okay, and guess. And I'll be right. Uh, you'll so get, it won't I'll matter. leave the room, you guess, and then I'll come back. But And I think as a movie, I think as a comic book movie, it's a seven. But as a movie movie, I enjoyed it as like a nine. Like it's actually one of my, my more favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a shame that we never got a sequel or touch up on this. I think it's a shame the movie just has never gotten any like support praise. from fans yeah, mm-hmm. or praise at all because I think it's really well done. And the same director did Clash of the Titans, the new, the latest one. We don't have to talk about that. The Why would Sam you... Worthington one. Why would you trash the man's legacy? <laughs> I, I think that's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Completely relevant. <laughs> all right. Uh, we may be on the DC wagon next week, or we may do another top villains or side characters in movies episode. Or a few episodes, who knows? Sure. If we made any mistakes this episode, please let us know. If you think there was a comic we missed, let us know. Or if you just want to chat about comics, let us know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, that's going to be the episode today. Thank you guys for watching. You don't watch to podcast unless you just look at the logo. I meant no, Joe Rogan does. I'm used to the YouTube stuff. I'm used to the YouTube outro. Lead us out. All right. Later players. Later players. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from.